We invite you now to join our conversation, an instrument of healing as we share how each of us can grow through times of illness, grief, and loss. Our wish is through these words you will discover a healing community that promotes insight, reignites hope, and nurtures peace. Welcome. Well, good morning, everyone, or afternoon, or whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to Conversations with Kelly. This is Jeffrey Cloninger, your Conversations with Kelly host. Hey, Kelly Grosslogs, how are you? Well, good morning. It is the morning here yes, it at is. this moment, but somebody might be listening to this in the middle of the night, and so I yeah. love that you included where all people are. Yeah, well, you never know, right? You never know, and never you never know. know what we might be feeling. How are you feeling today? It is a beautiful day, and I am feeling um, grateful, actually, at the moment. Nice. There's, we are actually recording this during some um, time of distress in our country with the riots going on. And so um, we are recording this on May 30th, 2020. I believe it's 30th. So we're in the middle of some... 31st, actually. Oh my goodness, is it? Okay. Yeah, we're dating ourselves a little bit, but you know what? This content hopefully will live on. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I do believe, but um, I also want to be authentic that we're in the midst of this. So it's been impacting both of us, obviously. Yeah. But at the moment, I feel grateful Yeah. because there's peace outside. Yeah. And so back to some of those sim- simple... I was feeling that yesterday too. It was, it was weird because I was gr- having a gratitude moment at the same time. There was this anxiety brewing in me with what was going on in the rest of the world and potentially threatening my sanity and my safety and my health and the health and the sanity and safety of all my friends and loved ones. So today you might already be on to us. We're talking about emotions and what you may be feeling and and how we can acknowledge those emotions and work through them, knowing that they're constantly hitting us, constantly changing, and uh, they're, they're so important. They're guiding, and I know, Kelly, you've got a lot of great information and perspective on all of this um, from a clinical perspective in your work, but also a personal one. Well, I think what's beautiful is that anybody listening to this, because you are human, you have emotions. And so when we now... Hold on. I, is this podcast for everyone? It's for everyone. Perfect. And I have to say that even animals listen to this, but I don't think they can understand it. But, uh, you know, that's cute because somebody called me and said, every time I have your podcast playing, um, my dog gets calm. And I'm like, really? Mm. Wow, that's pretty cute. So, you know, I think um, really why I wanted to talk about this topic is because you know, emotions are something that all of us experience, but they we also spend a lot of time pushing away certain ones. Mm-hmm. And through my years as a clinician and through my years as somebody who's felt the gamut of emotions um, to very, very intense, uncomfortable emotions, as well as intense, comfortable emotions. Um, you and I have been having a conversation recently, Jeffrey, about being comfortable with uncomfortable. And You know, I don't want to sit and pretend that I have any idea what certain groups of people feel at all. I mean, I don't, I don't know that. And I do know that certain emotions are different in um, different parts of the world Mm, in terms of how we interpret them or if we're allowed to feel them or if they have shame attached to them or whatever that may be. But the one emotion that is universal is love. And I, 
Um, and so I want to know that I want everybody to know that we can come back to that feeling of love. And if we can go at things with love, they will, love does not make things disappear. Love makes things tolerable. And I think that that's important to remember. And so as a clinician, what I would often see in my practice is people, they would come in because of the difficult emotions, right? I mean, that's, they don't, I don't know that anybody ever scheduled an appointment initially with me because things were going really well in their life and they just thought that would be a good idea to come in. So I, you know, I, I have years of working with people around the gamut of emotions. And I also have noticed that we as human beings, because we are on such a, um, I don't know how to say this, but we're on such a, you know, um, productivity scale. And we're, we're based on so many things about perfection and how well did we do and how... It's all about output. Yes, output and here's our where we can improve. That even when it comes to our authentic emotions and feelings, people judge those. And so it's, it's, it's very interesting to sit across from somebody who's questioning if this emotion is an appropriate one to be having or asking me why are they having it? Well, I'm going to call you on something. Um, I did the same exact thing, but when I asked you how you were feeling, you took a minute and you said you were grateful and I have every trust that you are grateful. But my guess is this is what I did. Maybe I shouldn't make this about you. I want to find something that the other person will find uplifting or valuable. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so sometimes I'm not being authentic in sharing my emotions, mm-hmm. right? I'm still grateful today. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm grateful, as I was saying. I'm, I'm kind of scared. Yes. I'm kind of anxious. I'm all these things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And yet I, I also know that this, these markers, if you will, they don't define me, but right now they're describing me. Yes. And also emotions are moments in time. Okay. So I think people also get very um, caught up in, so I am grateful at the moment when you asked me an hour ago, maybe not as grateful, maybe more um, angry because of some things I was reading, whatever that may be. But we are also allowed, remember, to be the both and of of life. And we can have, I mean, that is one of, as many of you know, one of the cornerstones I teach about. And And when I start living my life that way, it really is much better. I have lived a lot of my life in either or. Either I'm okay or I'm not. Either I'm safe or I'm not. Either I'm this or I'm that. And it, it's just, it, you know, I'm not saying this always, this concept comes easy, but I've been trying to really practice this, that right now I am grateful. And it comes down to feeling safe and loved mm-hmm. because we have noticed in the last many weeks of our world that safety is a privilege, um, Gratitude is a privilege in a way too. I mean, it's a chosen practice. And, and so in the moment when you asked me, I was grateful. And again, now a lot of people would pull back on that and say, but the world's in chaos. How can you, how can you be grateful? How can you be grateful? The world's burning down. Right. Right. And for me, it's about, I think I want to help people understand that 
judge less of where you're at, okay? Judge less. And just in that moment, it's okay to be grateful. I mean, I I have stood in front of some of the most difficult stories anyone could ever imagine hearing. And when that person says to me at the end of the story or at the end of the session or at the end of their life, and they look at me and say, thank you for what you have done in my life. It's like, wow. And that doesn't diminish this person's abuse or that they really had moments that I felt they were cheated from and because they're dying in their 20s or whatever that may be. And they look at me and they say, thank you. That's one of the most beautiful moments of realizing that they both get to be really sad and upset and and fearful and still at that moment, um, thank me. And as our dear friend Judy always says that gratitude and and fear don't live in this can't live in the same house, you know, kind of thing at the same moment. And I think that's interesting because in the moment, and I think that's actually true, in the moment when I'm just allowing myself to feel grateful, I'm not having those fearful moments. In my head, I'm having the fearful moments, but emotions are not about our headspace. Right. You know, they're about our our being, our soul, our psychological peace. That's where people get conflicted. Is so we have this sort of interplay between what our head is telling us and what our heart is feeling. Yeah. And we tend, in this culture at least, we tend to, for some reason, um, we defer to the thoughts. The thoughts have a lot more power in us than than the emotions. And we tend to judge a little bit too about where our emotions are, you know? And so back to, um, embracing all of them, we want to push uncomfortable emotions away. It's, it's natural. I mean, we, we want to, but I want to say that your healing, our healing opportunities lie within every emotion, happiness, um, joy, fear, anger, you know, and if I put all the emotions out in a platter, like on a buffet, an emotional buffet, I can guarantee you, and I labeled all of them, and there's a little toothpick in each one of them, Mm. I am going to be left with kind of like the salary on a pre, even though now this isn't about who likes salary and who doesn't, but there are all these colorful vegetables on a tray. I see it right now. Right? And I'm going to probably have a lot of salary left. Well, in the emotional platter, and there's toothpicks in each one, and there's joy, and there's happiness, and there's contentment, and there's peace, versus anger and fear and um, confusion and whatever it may be, I am likely going to have a lot of that left over. However, what I want to say is that if we can lean into those and go into those, there are incredible healing opportunities. So why don't we want to pick those up off the buffet? Well, those emotions that are a little bit, let's just say negative or hard or. Yeah, they, they rattle our lives out of what we believe we should be living um, constantly. You know, hmm. people believe they should be content and joyful. And, and I know I believe like, cause we want to be, because we want to we be, we want to yes. be, but the, the reality is, is. We can't always be. And when, when things happen in our lives, 
<clears throat> excuse me, when things happen in our lives that are difficult, and and all of us have that, and maybe they don't happen in our lives, but they happen to somebody in our lives, or they happen to a world we live in, or they happen to a place we are in, we are allowed to have those feelings that are uncomfortable. You know, I had I'd worked with somebody one time that labeled um, difficult feelings as wrong and great feelings as right. And this was a concept they were raised with. So anger is a wrong feeling. Oh, this is just making my stomach turn. Yeah. And it was, it was a lot of, you know, and they wanted, they came into my office, they had a, a very serious illness, and they were, um, you know, probably had a, a year to live and wanted to, like, make all that different, that story different. And I said that that was possible to make this moment different, but we can't go back and change necessarily the way they were raised, but we can take that, embrace that, look into those uncomfortable feelings, and there are definite, there were definitely opportunities within that. Right. One of the things was to change the language around it because they were told by their parents when they were an angry child or when they were really sad that those were the wrong feelings to have. And they were rewarded for having all these good feelings. You can imagine what a difficult life that would be. Yeah, and I think many of us live in an environment like that. Whether we're talking about emotions or really anything in this world, we are so binary. Yeah, it's good, it's bad, it's on or off, it's one or zero, it's it's bright or it's dark. Yep. Right. Can I go back to something you said a minute ago mm-hmm. about um, emotions versus thoughts mm-hmm. and the power that we give thoughts? It's interesting because in I tend to be somebody who embraces emotions probably more than the average person. It's just a guess. Um, but, but by the amount of tears I shed over, over a given 24 hour period. Right. Um, so, so in that case, I feel like sometimes my emotions are more powerful. Um, and I'm wondering if, if, if we by human nature are afraid of that. And so what we're really doing is we're falsely giving power to our thoughts mm-hmm. to control our emotions. Mm-hmm. And that to me sounds like a lot of work. Um, uh, and yet it's a safe thing to do because it's sort of a retreat, a run for cover. Like, oh, yeah. there's these emotions are so powerful, but it's almost like we want to control them, put them in a box, rationalize them. And, and the, that process of rationalizing them takes yeah. so much energy. Yeah. It does, and, and and that's a great choice of words because people want to rationalize emotions that are not voluntary. You know, think about it. You don't wake up and walk through the day and say, I want to call up happiness right now. It is something that involuntarily <laughs> comes up. Right. And that, you know, people start to really judge those things. Like, why am I feeling like... I've, I've given eulogies at funerals where in the front row, the people that are the closest to this person are laughing and mm-hmm. they're judging themselves and, mm. and they get into this hysterical laughing because of maybe something I said, or that actually might just be the emotion that came up at that moment. And they are sitting there trying to rationalize this. Like, well, maybe I laughed because I'm tired or maybe I laughed because I was this. And I just, what I want to say to people is whatever you're feeling, allow yourself to feel that. Like truly, there is purpose in each one of our emotions. 
and there is opportunities going back to that platter of emotions within each one of those little cubes with a toothpick lies an opportunity. And I don't want to, I'm not here saying that, oh, I would go to that buffet and pick up all the fear and pick up all the, that. I mean, I'm not being unrealistic. I would of course pick up the pretty strawberry versus the dull looking, you know, I don't want to rip on fruit here because I'll get in trouble for that. But I, I just, I, you know, I, I just, I, I'm going to go for the more colorful, like what makes me feel better. That's what I want to choose. Yeah. But I yeah. also want to say that in life, difficult things are going to happen to every one of us. And even within those uncomfortable feelings lies opportunity. Right. And that's where truly our healing goes. Because in order for us to experience joy, we do have to have lived in despair as well. I mean, because to to appreciate the dichotomy of all emotions, you do have to experience one. It's to true. Appreciate. The it other. sounds simple, and it's a, a very Buddhist way of thinking. You know, where suffering plays a huge part of all of our lives, mm-hmm. and um, the the going back to the concept of getting comfortable being uncomfortable is yeah. so difficult. It's not difficult to understand, but it's so difficult to practice. And who wants to do that? Who wants to sit at the face of fear? Who wants to be full of anxiety and just be with it? That doesn't feel good. And you know, I also want to say that it's really important that people remember that, you know, sorrow shared and grief shared, as the Swedish proverb talks about, is grief and sorrow halved. So it's cut in half when we share it with somebody. Mm. And also when we share our good emotions with people, it's doubled. And so I think... We're bringing math here to conversations with Kelly. I love it. And that's about as advanced in math as I get. The half and and the double. I mean, so, um, you know, there's a reason I'm in clinical behavioral medicine and not... But you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I know when I don't make space to share some of the things that I'm feeling, what happens? It's an overabundance. My container for all of those emotions, my body, myself, my soul, is not big enough, right? And that's where the pain comes in. And that's, we've done podcasts about the physical manifestation of the emotions and the pain that we feel, right? Our mental health comes out in a physical sense and you, you physically don't have enough space for what you are experiencing and feeling. Yeah, I you're absolutely right and there's because there can be shame in the uncomfortable feelings. Actually there can be shame in the in the comf- in the joy feelings. Yeah, too. like you were just saying, like why did I just laugh at that funeral? Yeah. Yeah, and so when we share those things with people, it allows us and many of you have heard me say this at talks I've done over the years that it only takes one person. Like people get really overwhelmed that they have to share this with everybody in their life. Otherwise, they're cheating someone out of something or they're mm. not. That is not true. It takes one person. You know who you can trust. And it 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 is so empowering yeah. to have your story heard. Yeah. Not with the expectation that the other person's gonna fix it or do something that has to make your story go away. But again, going back to our emotions and to share that. And, you know, right now it's been really interesting, Jeffrey, because there's so much with COVID-19 and kind of what's going on in the world. I get contacted daily, people asking me, is it normal, this, that, and the other? And what um, people are feeling is that 
their story is diminished or they're diminishing their story. Their story isn't diminished, but they're diminishing their story because what they're experiencing isn't as bad as whatever X, Y, and Z. Oh, the judgment factor. Well, it's the judgment factor indeed. And so rather than going into the opportunity of what those experiences are, they're back to their head. Yeah. So they've gotten out of the heart space, the emotional space, and they've gone back to their head. And they're saying to me, you know, they're they're asking for basically permission to feel what they're feeling amongst all the chaos. Or, you know, that old cliche is it could always be worse. And then what Kelly Grosslogs adds to that is is an, and it could be better. Right. You know, I mean, great I, say, way of that, thinking about I it. say that to people all the time. Really, really great way of thinking about it. All the time. Hey, one more thing I want to add, too. Um, if you don't have that person in your life, um, and you probably do, but maybe you just, you're not quite mm-hmm. there. Uh, one thing I like to do is either write it out, what am I feeling, or play it out. Uh, one of the mm. techniques, you know, everybody has heard that I like to play the piano. So, well, you are that's the a container of our music for well, CWK. I want to call that out the beautiful piano piece you. in the beginning. And it is a tribute to, again, our, our friend Judy, Judy Erdahl. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's that's where I get to put some of my emotions yeah. sometimes. You know, maybe you're maybe your person, you have them, but maybe they're not readily available. So, what's a constructive way that you can? employ to help you process and work through emotions. I have one more question for you. Um, How can we navigate the, we talked a lot about having all these different emotions, um, Mm -hmm. but when they come and they hit so fast and they change and they go back and forth and are, are, are there ways that you would recommend we use or we can use to help kind of get to a place of calm with all of that? How do we allow all of that ping ponging, to happen you know it really is about the concept of of be here now and live right here right now and so if if you're getting target what it's a great question and what i've found with people is that when those things are coming at you and they're so overwhelming we tend to be not living in the the heart space. We tend to be living in the thought space. Mm. Of, this is too much. I'm overwhelmed. I can't handle this. I I, I can't. Uh, all these stories we're telling ourselves. Yep. Rather than truly sitting with it, like again, my analogy of these emotions, and especially when they're really intense, look at that as a sweet, ch- like as a child that you love, or as your little self, and having a really tough. Um, tough experience the way through that is to be with that child okay and to sit down and be with them and hear them and see them and say what is wrong rather than and I'm guilty of this as a parent um when Chris and Carly were younger you know I mean they actually I actually can't ever remember a time in a store they had a fit but I'm sure they did but maybe out at a denial right or just they're old now and older and you know and so but but I forgetful yeah and so I bet I remember being like at a park and they'd have a fit because we had to leave and you know they're just they're just like they're just going off the rails because they're so upset and so the difference between me ignoring them and trying to make it go away and just like walking to the car they're over there just like having their own stuff going on versus sitting down with them looking at them and hearing them ask, you know, maybe saying or acknowledging that I know you're really upset that we have to leave this park 
but we have to go home and eat lunch. And, but I do hear you. I do hear you're upset. I do. Now those were in my really good parenting moments. We're very far and few between. Most of the time I'm like, get your ass in this car and we're leaving, you know, kind of thing. But that, I mean, but truly it was those moments when we can sit with our emotions and not judge them. So rather than me judging Chris and Carly by like, you little ungrateful, blah, blah, blah. I've just spent two hours at this. None of that will help. What helps is they want to be seen, and they they obviously want their way too. Right. But they want to be seen and acknowledged, and that always, or most of the time, would diminish the intensity. And so, if we're having all these things coming at us, sit with it. And if it feels really uncomfortable with you, you don't have to do this alone. Again, yeah. call somebody, text somebody. You know, and if you don't have that one person. And you and you don't want a journal, and you don't have an outlet creatively. Then you know. Then you call your person of your rabbi, your priest, your therapist. You set up an appointment. Mm-hmm. You, um, you know. But it it really it really only takes one person. I no, mean that. You're right. You're right. And you know another thing that I've uh, read a lot about is it gets into the the naming it versus judging it mm-hmm. kind of piece. You know, and just you acknowledge what's happening. You give it a name. I'm noticing that I'm feeling X or I'm yes. feeling Y. Um, and then then you've given it a space, right? You've 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 honored it without over investing or overindulging it. That is so true. And so I do, I know we're wrapping up here and I want to read one thing. Um, but I I do want to say that if if you walk away with one message, I'm hoping it's at least two, but to walk Kelly was a great parent. That was uh, message number <laughs> yeah, one. Right, Kelly. Oh, Kelly would do things. Well, anyways. Um, but the message is um, truly remember that these emotions are involuntary, and yet they have purpose. And so when they come up. They're to, normal. To allow them, to embrace them, to be with them, and that the ones that are really uncomfortable, go back to the platter, You know, maybe if you don't want to pick that up alone, ask a friend if they would pick it up for you Mm. and then put it on your plate so it's still with you, right? But not not having to do that alone. That's a really scary thing. And and so, but I do want to say that the the way to healing is through it. And I and through it all. I mean like all of it. And we can run from it, we can try to hide from it, but things like our grief and things that are really uncomfortable. They are part of our story, and they will wait for us. I mean, and they will in, they will pick up with intensity. So I want to read something um, that I have read before that's gone over very well um, in some of my talks, and it really resonates to our talk today. It's by um, our wonderful mentor, Rumi, um, and it is called The Guest Home, The Guest House. And it's I think it is so perfect, a uh, beautiful way to end this where we embrace all, even the discomfort. So this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house, empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably he or she may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, 
the shame, the malice, meeting them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. And that is written by Rumi. Thank you for joining us today. May you be comfortable in whatever you are experiencing. And may you share with the world your joys and also those things that scare you and make you feel uncomfortable because you are worth all of that. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, my friends. Thank Thank you, you. Jeffrey. Thank you. Wow. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this CWK podcast. It's our hope that these words bring comfort, healing, and insight to your life, wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing. Please subscribe and share this episode. You can also follow and like Conversations with Kelly on Facebook. One quick note, we've done our best to share some ideas, tips, and techniques to help guide you. This podcast's content is not intended to be a substitute for or constitute professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to seek professional medical advice if needed. Thank you.